The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. I'm here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. That is, except for last week. I was missed out. I was excused from school. Missed as I was playing in the Fall Classic at the Orleans. It was a win-only contest. I had 18 second-place finishes. No crying here now. But I definitely was a bridesmaid or a sucker because I just kept running second, and I had nothing but just bombs away at second price. Had a great time. Had a great time. I saw some great players, great people who love the game just like we do, and that is the best part. Once again, thanks to Winning Pony sending me out there. I love flying under their flag. Finished about middle of the pack, had a, had a $70 winner, $35 winner, and an $18 winner, and a $10 and an $0.80 winner, and a bevy of seconds, 12 each day, but had a great time. Fall Classic at the Orleans, incredible, incredible. Looking forward to going back and playing in the Handicapping World Series or the World Series of Handicapping, excuse me. I'll get it straight, one way or the other. Weekly update, Winning Ponies Exotics continues to grow and swells up to $9.4 million. The party is not over. Jump on board. It's never too late. Just dig up the site, take a look. Testimonials keep rolling in. And tonight, we have a special guest caller. We have Steve. Steve, how are you this evening? Great, Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for the call and your time. And uh, you've been doing halfway decent with uh, the predictions. Uh, I have indeed. Um, Turfway Park, the last two Friday nights, has just been terrific to me. Uh, let's see, two weeks ago was the, the first race had the... Uh, Winner that paid over forty bucks, and uh, last Friday, second race winner paid over forty bucks to, uh, for, on a two dollar bet. I might have bet a little bit more than that. But, uh, <laughs> you don't have to bet much when they pay like that. I mean, that's pretty sweet. That's right. You know, I I've, I played twenty win place, and uh, you know that that was that was a real treat. Um, you know, and winning ponies is really the only place where you get information on first time starters like that, and that seems to be where you can get the good payouts. You know, I, I've, I've looked about at, at every piece of data. I, I know so many folks, so, so many really, really good folks in the industry, and yeah, very suddenly everybody says, oh, man, you must be on happy pills. No, it's really I enjoy meeting people and getting to know people, and I've taken a look at their data. And I mean from the top line, $50 a, a sheet yeah. to $0.50, cents, and the one thing I really like about winning ponies, now I'm going to add this to the list about the first-time starters, is, is I'm, I'm starting to accumulate this, uh, this base of knowledge where I'm really trying to enlighten people to actually take a peek at it. It's something that works well for me, which I'm going to add in now, first-time starters. Something that works for me is, say, you know, we're going to be playing Keeneland and we're going to be playing turf races tomorrow. We love turf races. And we're, we've handicapped for a fast track, but we can also go up and change the tabs 
to, uh, you know, and I'll say it's going to be softer or yielding course tomorrow. We, we don't know what Mother Nature is going to hold for us. And with the weather, you think it's going to be softer, maybe even yielding, or they may even, may even take it off the, the turf tomorrow. You know, you, you, you've, got a, you've got a really good point there, but for, maybe for the undercard races, but when they have the graded races, they have to actually keep it right. up with, with all, all good intentions unless uh, safety of the jockey and the horses are at stake because they want to keep that graded status. And Keeneland, uh, they just have some tremendous draining. But tell, tell me a bit about uh, when, when you're looking at first-time starters, I mean, do you usually just follow breeding, breeding or do you just go with actually what the predictions are telling you or do you do a mix of both? I, I do a mix. I mean, there, there's so much information that, that you get there, but uh, I, I look at breeding a lot. I mean, it, that, that means a lot. You know, is it bred for the poly track, and it did, did the sire or the dam have success maybe on poly or turf or whatever, wherever it is? Um, I, I do tend to trust the predictions from, from winning ponies a lot just because of the success I've had, not just at Turfway, but uh, I remember last fall at, at Keeneland, um, there was a real nice little pick three. The first leg and the third leg were both first-time starters. Nobody else had the first-timers picked, so I, I had those and picked the, you know, the, the crowd in the middle race and hit a dandy pick three that day. Oh, sweet. That, that's, better than, uh, that's better than triple dessert in, on my table at any day. When you, yeah, you and there was, like a, there was a, a daily double in there, too, that paid almost 200 bucks. That's that's uh, that's some good uh, good swinging of the bat right there. You know, I was going to ask. You know, you're, you're you're a Kentucky player for the most part, but I, I'm sure you dabble and and uh, you know play other circuits as well. Sure. As as far as poly and and first timers, uh, do you feel the predictions are, are as effective with poly? Oh, oh, for sure. The last two weeks at uh, at Turfway have really proven that out. Yeah. And you know, we're going to see some two year old races at Keeneland, and I've I've taken a peek at uh, tomorrow's card and the next day's card and the next day's card because I actually I can't get enough of Keeneland. If, oh, I know. If, if I had my wish, they'd, they'd run year-round, but I, I guess it wouldn't be as special. But, you know, I, I guess we're spoiled uh, actually living in Kentucky and, uh, you know, that we, we live so close to, uh, to the Oval in Lexington, Kentucky. But, you know, Steve, I, I want to ask, was there anything at Turfway that kind of caught your eye tonight if you had any time to, to handicap you know, actually tonight there's a lot of $5,000 claiming races, and I, I really kind of stay away from those just because there's so much up in the air. I did, I did pull the card. Um, nothing, nothing really jumped out at me, i got to say. I have to agree with you. Uh, when you see Thursday nights, it's, it's usually a good time to stay away from Dirtway. It seems like uh, you see a lot of, uh, a lot of really low-level claiming horses. A lot of them in the bottoms dropping out. Uh, I'm not going to say sore, but uh, problematic. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that they're looking to define to, to their niche and, and define their place. Actually, in the ninth race tonight, uh, I, I I took a look at a three-to-one shot with the name of Hollywood. Now it's a four-year-old uh, filly by Tisnow. Now Tisnows have actually taken a bit to the poly track. And, and, I, and I really like the way this filly actually sits out. I think Tisnow could have run on anything from uh, blacktop to broken glass, turf, dirt, and, and I was very impressed with, uh, with his prowess on the track. But my, my, my record-keeping along with the predictions, I found that Tisnow has worked a, a couple of times for me. But, you know, I saw Corey Lenari had them out for Dallas Stewart. 
It was actually three to one tonight. That you know, and that was the only turfway that really jumped out at me. But I have to, I have to agree with you. It was a challenging card to say the least for the right. But you know what? I think we'd rather wait to Keelan tomorrow. If that's exactly right. <laughs> and you know, if, uh, if if we were talking off air just a bit, if Mother Nature remotely complies, I think it's going to be a beautiful day. First post time, special post time at two fifteen tomorrow. Are you ready? I'm ready. Well, Steve, hey, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. I've I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting you once in, in person, and uh, I'd like to uh, like to see you again at the track, and hopefully uh, we can. Uh, Maybe pass along a few winners, or if you've got more than I do, I'll definitely have two ears and one mouth. Sounds like a plan, and let's do this again. Steve, thank you so much, and we'd love to hear from you anytime. Have a great evening, sir. Thanks, you too. That has been Steve. That is a testimony. You heard it right there. He loves the first-timers. Met this gentleman this past uh, summer, and and when I say gentleman, I I really mean it in in every way, shape, and form of the word. He's... uh, Really, really nice guy. Enjoyed chatting with him, and uh, I think I'd enjoy uh, sitting down and uh, playing a few races with him. What's happening tonight? Well, we've already had a great testimonial call, and I've told you about the weekly update of the Winning Ponies Exotics, 9.4 and growing. It's swelling, but we've still got room on the board if you want to jump on. What's happening tonight? We're going to recap last week's races. We're going to talk about biggins. We're going to talk about news stories from around the world in racing. Our special guest of tonight, of the week, is the other racing form columnist, Equibase chart caller, handicapper. He's even an auctioneer, a good guy in racing, and a man that I call one of my good friends, Mr. John Patrick McDoolin. He'll be calling in. I believe he's actually on hold right now. We've got four minutes to our first break here, and then we'll bring in Mr. John McDoolin, and he's going to be handicapping and talking all things horse racing. I think you're definitely going to want to stay tuned. Johnny Mack is uh, one of the good guys in racing. But we don't have any bad guys here, or ladies, for that matter of fact. All right, let me give you a quick recap of last week in case you were locked up in jail or just actually went to sleep and didn't get a chance to catch up, or if you just like a little refresher. Belmont in the sixth race, the Bell Dame winner was music note Rajiv Marat wins by two and a quarter lengths for Saeed Ben Sawar paying $2.50. Thank goodness for the nickel breakage in New York. The seventh race at New York on October 3rd, the Vosburgh, a grade one, 400000 up for grabs. Kodiak Cowboy wears him down. Sean Bridgman aboard paying a whopping 1160 and smokes. Fabulous strike down the lane. It was a very compact field there in the Vosburgh. Then the Flower Bowl Invitational. This race has historically been a big point for the Breeders' Cup, but you may want to really take that one for what it's worth and, uh, and divide by two and add ten and come out with your own formula there because it was a quagmire. Pure Clan one was Julian Le Peru in the Irons, winning by two and three-quarter lengths for Bob Holtis, paying 720. And then we had the Joe Hirsch Turf Invitational Classic, grade one, a mile and a half on the turf, and they had $600,000 up for grabs. A winner, Interpretation, Robbie Alvarado. We had a DQ in there. Telling was DQ'd in a runner there that just, oh, shocked me. Gio Ponte maybe just did not like the soft turf course there. But interpretation, Robbie Adaro, Alvarado paying $89.50 to win for Robert Barbara. Impressive indeed. The Jockey Club a Gold Cup, a mile and a quarter, $750,000. Summerbird lights him up, ran a huge race, and he is back winning by a length. Checked wide, yielded. Tim Ice to the winner's circle for $750,000. 
Santa Anita, the California matron, $100,000. Lady Rail Rider of Frank Alvarado, $740 to win. California Cup, mile and a quarter on the turf. Century Park and Tyler Bays did the bidding. Down the lane, got down and dirty for Bullet Bob Baffert, paying 1020 to win. That's Century Park. Then on with the Robert H. Walter, the California Cup juvenile Phillies here. Really like that there. And the winner was Lanez, Mike Smith, the man that stars on jockeys. Wins by a length and a half, paying 640 to win, and did it in very fine fashion because I actually caught the race there. And then the California Cup Classic, Bold Chieftain, Russell, the, bus, the muscle base, wins by a length and a half for Bill Morey. And then we have the John Deere California Cup Distaff, Annie Bootleg. I say bootleg Annie. Rafael Bejarano wins by three parts of a length for Kathy Walsh, who's been tearing apart California as long as they have been racing. Well, it is time to head to our first break. And when we return... We're going to be talking with our special guest of the week, Mr. John Patrick McDoolan, as we do each and every week. But you're only going to get to hear it if you stay tuned here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big, fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it, don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi, you can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Sports to the pros, we, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. This is our second segment, and Winning Ponies is honored and pleased, as always, to have on as our special guest of the week, Daily Racing Room columnist, Equibase chart color, handicapper auctioneer, and a guy when the big hurricane hit, jumps in his truck and actually goes down with a chainsaw and helps others in need, a guy I call my friend, Mr. John Patrick McDoolin. John, how you doing? Ed, I'm doing great. How about you? I am doing lovely and wonderful. Did I hit everything right there, or are you going to crack me in the back of the head next time you see me? Well, you know. Do that <laughs> anyway every is, time right? I see you, so what the heck? <laughs> you know, I look at it like this. As long as it's not one of your sons, because they're huge. You, I I could probably live with, but if one of those big uh, behemoths hit me, I, I might, be in the, might be in the can there, me boy. That's, uh, like a guy said in Arkansas, them boys can put away some groceries, can't they? Yes, they can. <laughs> I don't know if I'd rather feed them or clothe them. I, I don't know if I could handle either one. But, Johnny, I, we're really, really pleased to have you on as, as, our, as our guest here. You're a man of many hats. And, uh, you know, I've had you on before, and it is our pleasure to actually have you back on. Can you refresh our listeners of just how John McDoolan got into the game of racing? Well, you know, I, I my grandpa was a uh, gambleholic, and, and uh, yeah, I, think, I don't think I ever made a, a, a kindergarten. That was he had a butcher shop, and that was the day they were closed. So he would take me to the track every Monday, and I, I, I looked up and I said, "You mean that guy gets paid to announce the races?" I, I just couldn't believe that. And uh, you know, he, he was a bad gambler. He just bet jockeys and odds. And, and my dad taught me how to read the racing form when I learned how to read. So you know, I've been I've been handicapping since I could read. And I always wanted to do it. Um, I went to a pizza place, and, and Kevin Gomer, we were down at Taste of Cincinnati with some friends, and I'd had maybe five or six um, adult beverages. And uh, <laughs> Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have said a word. And, and one of my friends said, hey, a River Down shirt. And, and uh, you could hear Kevin's booming voice. Yeah, how you doing? I said, I know that voice. I said, you know, I've always wanted to be an announcer. And he said, well, you know, our, our backup announcer is leaving. He said, why don't you come down and talk to me? We'll see what we can do. So I spent, uh, gosh, probably two months um, every day going down, and, and I'd call into a recorder and then have Kevin listen to it, and he'd critique it and tell me this or that. And, and um, I got a job. Uh, he got me a job uh, at uh, Fair Meadows at Tulsa announcing out there. So I announced out there and did the tip sheet and did the uh, morning line. Bruce Pataglia, Mike Pataglia, helped me out with uh, doing, doing tip sheets and teaching me how to do it, and I eventually did it at, at Remington Park. Um, when when Remington Park was was a you know that was in their back in their heyday when they had the three hundred three hundred thousand dollar you know Oklahoma Derby or Remington Park Derby and you know it was on ESPN and all that kind of stuff um, and then I, I started with Equibase just because I, I had announcing jobs I could have went to Mountaineer or or out to uh, uh, Luke always I actually got to work with Luke Kreitbosch who you know passed away everybody knows Luke. Um, we worked together at Fair Meadows at Tulsa, and, and one of the places he left out in Arizona, he kept trying to get me to go, and I said, Luke, I can't go there. You know, I've got, I got three kids. I can't, you know, just, just go, you know, go across the country to announce four days, you know, just, just won't pay the bills. So Equibase came along. I started working for them, and uh, I've been doing that since they started in 1990, and uh, worked in the racing office at River Downs for the past 12 years. And a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, Dave Basler, that wrote for the forum, he's now the executive director of the Ohio HBPA, he wrote for him, and, and 
you know, he, he was getting out of it to, to work for them, and so he he talked to Jim Dunleavy and said, Jim, you know, why don't you give this guy a shot? And Jim said, well, you know, here, give me a couple races. And he said, here you go. He said, uh, you know, write something up and, and let me see, you know, what, what you can do. So I wrote a couple of just mock stakes for uh, down at fairgrounds, and, and luckily both horses that I wrote about won, so that always helped. And uh, so he, he gave me the job writing for Beulah and River, and then I uh, went up to Prescott for their inaugural meet, and uh, he didn't have anybody, so I've been writing for them for the last three years, and that you know that's gone well. And then uh, Indiana Downs and Hoosier, he had an add-on to me last year, so uh, I wrote, wrote for those five tracks, and then when uh, somebody uh, was on vacation or something, he'll call me this past summer, I wrote for Colonial for like three weeks. So it, it's it's turned out really well for me. I mean, it's it, it's it's like being retired. You know, I I get to work every day watching horses and talking about horses and and betting the horses, and it just just doesn't get any better than this. You know, is uh, we we could tease each other and call it living the life, but actually, you know, for for any complaining that we do, we, we we're just joshing each other because we actually love it, or we wouldn't be there. John, you wear so many many hats, many many hats. You know, you literally you, you called races. You, you know, we can we can pick up John P. McDoolan in the racing form and uh, read about you know the many circuits that you actually uh, you write about. You pinch hit. You're you're the man on the move. And you know, Equibase, Equibase chart calling. Now, when we open a program, and that that's where all the all the information is disseminated from Equibase. Actually, I had the the opportunity to go up and watch you do it this summer. But enlighten everyone. How does it actually just unfold? You know, I, I was I was amazed that you didn't know that. I, I just did, you know all the times I've seen you and talked to you, I would have thought, you know, there would have been times you would have been in my office and and seen what happened. But you know, it's a two man crew, and uh, one person uh, when the horses come on the track, it's it's my job. You know, I've been doing this since 1990, and that was before the saddle cloths. And the saddle cloths, you know, the colored saddle cloths for each number has, has helped immensely. But back then, there weren't saddle cloths. You, you had to memorize what the jockey was wearing, which is the same thing as, as the announcer does. Um, memorize what the jockey's wearing, and, you know, and then if you get too similar, you got to look at the horse, and one's got blinkers, one doesn't, one's chestnut, one's a gray, you know, or one's uh, black and one's, you know, whatever color that you have to distinguish and and uh, when they had the saddle cloth that made it so much easier but the, the first job i had was at oakland park i worked for equibase at oakland park and on opening day they run that uh they run a three-year-old uh sprint it's a five and a half furlong sprint and, and there were 14 horses and and of course back then there were no saddle cloths. i think then at oakland they actually moved the gate with with uh, horses, I mean, they, they, you know, instead of a instead of a tractor, they had like four Clydesdales hooked up to it and pulled it out. And uh, they, uh, I memorized those. Had that whole field, fourteen of them going five and a half furlongs. And and ever after that, I thought, okay, I can handle anything if I can handle that. So I guess so. Yeah, um, but but the, get back to you. You study the horses when they come on the track. Make sure there's no different different equipment. Um, and if there is, then you got to you have to go tell the stewards because you know they're supposed to check that, but a lot of times they miss it. Um, and then you know you warm the horses up, and you got a few minutes to get on the internet and mess around. And and uh, when they when they start towards the gate, you, you memorize them again, make sure you know you know who they all are. And when they go in the gate, you're watching, and there's a guy writing down, and, and if there's uh, a guy writing down everything I say. So if I say the four horses fractures, he'll write that down for me, so that when I go do my notes, I'll have that to the side, 
Um, then the horses break out of the gate, and you give them all two or three jumps, and, and you tell him, you know, who the horses are in what order, no, basically. And, then, and as they run down the back stretch, I'm like a six furlong race. They, they get to the half mile pole, and you kind of lead them in a little bit. It, you know, the, the longer you've been doing it, the less lead in time you've got to do. But you're trying to get it exactly right when the, that horse hits the pole, what horse is in front, by how many lengths. Um, so you go through the whole field. And then as they go on the turn, you watch them. You, you give him any more comments like the six is uh, going funny or the six lost his bridle or, you know, it looks like a saddle slip. And they come to the quarter pole, you call him again, he writes it down, same thing. They come into the stretch, the eighth pole, you do it again. And then the finish line, you still call the finish, but uh, and that's for two things. One is you can practice your margins and make sure – you know that wherever you know different tracks. You you know some tracks at Beulah Park you're almost down at ground level, and at Turfway Park you're like a mile up in the air. And, and so uh, you know at the different tracks you, you you practice that, and then you actually get the official finish from the photo finish guy. He'll either bring it in or call you with it, and, and the official finish is you know comes out of the photo finish machine. And then you can compare your call to that call and make sure you know your your margins are right. And also you know with the photo finish machine being mechanical, sometimes there are failures, and there have been uh, countless times where you know if you read down at the bottom of the chart, it'll say photo finish provided by the Equibase chart caller. But you always do that as a safety measure. Then when the horses come back, uh, as the horses are, you watch them gallop out, you look and see if any of them are lame, you look and see if you see any, any bleeding from the nostrils or anything out of the ordinary. And then when they turn back towards you, make sure every one of them has a whip, um, you know, just in case you missed it on the head-on or, uh, you know, on one of the six times you watch the head-on that uh, you miss it. Well, then as soon as that happens, you, you sit down, You've taped the race, and so you go over the head-on of the replay of the race, and you run back. I usually I, I can do it, um, watch the replay once for every two or three horses in the race. And, and, you know, you can kind of watch them as they come out of the gate and make sure they all came out fine. Um, and then you just watch the head-on, and, you, you know, the main thing um, is, is I've always found is you watch the head of the horse. When you're watching the race, if you watch the head of the horse, you know, every head of the horse, if – that's where you're going to see trouble if they if their head goes up or to the side or down, you know that, that's the first sign of trouble. And then you kind of watch it from there and see what's going on. Um, also, when you watch a race, like when you watch it on the pan shot, or when you're watching a race for the first time, you always want to watch the horses in the back of the pack because you know you can see um, you can see through the binoculars what's going on in the back and. I mean, you can see through the television what's going on in the front of the pack, you know, when they show the replay. But in the back of the pack, kind of keep an eye on those because they won't always be on the replay. And a lot of times you can catch things that, you know, in between uh, what, what the video shows you. So although, you know, it, it, people think, oh, it's a real easy job, but to do it right and, and to get it right. And, you know, my, my thing is I want to, uh, you know, it's a pride thing where I want to make sure that when people read and I wrote something, that they know that means something that that, that it costs the horse something. So, I, I will have to say that I was never so impressed that that you could do it so effortlessly. And and I know it's just from the years applying your trade and really paying attention to your craft. And and I have to say that it is a craft. It's not something that you can just come off the street and do. And and actually being in your office, it was there was a reason I didn't come up because I always figured that. 
you didn't want to be disturbed and and after seeing how easily you did it you you just it just naturally came to you were actually after the race you were just kind of talking to me typing right in there and I thought it might take you about a week to do that, and you were done in about two minutes. It, yeah, it, it was pretty incredible, you know, to actually watch you put it all together. John's talking about putting it all together tomorrow. Two fifteen, Keeneland opens up. Uh, it is raining in northern Kentucky. We're going to assume that Central Kentucky is getting the the same uh, little measure of pure pleasure here. Give us some quick shots of what John P. McDoolan sees for the races for the Keeneland Fall Stars weekend. Well, you know, Ed, I, I look at this stuff, and I, I hate to bet favorites. And, I, you know, I, if I do, I usually lock them up and, and pick threes. Um, you know I like to bet pick threes. Or, or if I find some long shots that I think uh, in the eighth race, uh, the, the uh, Phoenix, the 156 running, 250,000. I really don't see how they can beat Fatal Bullet. He's 2-1 to one on the mooring line. He'll be far less than that. Um, 8 of 10 on the synthetic. With two seconds, he last time out uh, in the Vanderbilt, he ran a terrible race. Up to five to one, ran a terrible race, but that was at Saratoga on the dirt. He's working, uh, working up a storm at Woodbine ever since then. He's just unbelievable. Uh, got to talk to Reed Baker when he ran up at Presque for the uh, Tom Ridge Labor Day, and um, I, I don't see how they can possibly beat this horse. Looks really good and has his uh, go-to man. Eureka Da Silva, who actually uh, tore him apart in the Kentucky Cup sprint, winning by seven and three-quarter lengths. And I, I remember Reed Baker being an, a man that did not mince words. Okay, Johnny, we got the seventh race in the books. On Friday, anything else catches your eye? Well, you know, in, in the, in the uh, Darley Alcibiades, the, the ninth race, uh, she be wild, the Wayne Catalano. It's undefeated, uh, three for three on the synthetic surface. Working really well at Keeneland. Uh, I think she'll she'll take to the Keeneland track. She's been working well there. Um, horse has got great buyer figures. Uh, you know, lays just off of this. If, if you look at it, there's tons and tons of speed in this race, and she comes from off of it. I think it just sets up perfect for her. She really looks good. And Catalana, once upon a time, the king of Chicago. I can't say once upon a time. He can probably still be mentioned in the same sentence. I love the third off the layoff for, uh, for Catalan, who's winning 28% on an angle out of the Arlington-Washington Lassie, a nice grade three. But as you said, undefeated, I think. I'm going to say ditto with that one because uh, Johnny Mac called it, and I agree to it. So that, that caps Friday's up. Uh, Saturday, we come back, and hopefully the weather will be cooperating a bit. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, say it's supposed to rain here all day in Cincinnati, all day uh... Uh, until tomorrow night late. Now, what that's going to do, the turf at Keeneland on opening day, you know, I would think they'd be a little more hesitant to go, you know, and, and you're not going to know would probably till you know, an hour before post time. But I, I would think it would come off the turf. And so if it comes off the turf, I, I like the six due date. Um, she's one for two on the synthetic surface. Um, you know, she, she doesn't really, I mean, her, her buyer figures are all pretty much the same, whether it's dirt or turf. And I really like that. Um, you know, she's only been on the synthetic twice with one win. I'm going to go with her uh, the sixth due date. Due date looks pretty good to me as well. Go back three races ago when they took it off the turf and then optional claiming 75,000. Wins by a crisp two lengths with Jose Lescano, who happens to be riding for Mr. Steve Margolis. Exactly. Once again. Once again, they team up, and then we go on. Uh, I know a race that probably caught your eye was a sixth race, a sixth furlong event, the Thoroughbred Club of America Stakes. Yep, I love that race, and I, you know, you, there's no way you're going to beat informed decision in there. I don't think. Um, Jonathan Shepard uh, at Prescott Downs. I talked to him before the Prescott Masters, 
and after the Prescott Masters, and, and you know, she's five for five on synthetics. She absolutely loves it. Uh, the ballerina at Saratoga, he just threw that race out. He said, uh, you know, she, she broke uh, bad, and, uh, you know, he said that she rushed up, and, and he, he really, uh, you know, just nothing went good for her. She didn't like the mud in her face, and he said, uh, you know, she didn't really try that hard. She just kind of uh, pulled herself back and said, no, that's, a, you know, it was just not one of her days. And he said, you know, I think, uh, you know, he usually doesn't run them back that quick. It was only, it was less than two weeks. And he said the owner uh, asked him, you know, well, why don't we get, what, think about trying this? And he, so he said, well, you know, I might as well give it a shot. What the heck? The owner said, it's okay. So if it, she loses, you know, it's his, it's his fault, not mine. And uh, she won uh, very nicely by two and a half lengths. She's five for five on the synthetic, three for three at Keeneland. But, you know, that's a good horse, like I said, to put, put in the middle or on the end of a pick three and hope to catch a price on one of the ends. I'm only going to say ditto because you are the handicapper that we're deferring to, and uh, I like everything that you said, and I'll just say ditto. On to race number seven at Keeneland, one mile on the turf, hopefully, possibly, maybe, and uh, I think you're, you're opting that they, they may go off, that Mother Nature's just going to get uglier and uglier. It is the grade one first lady stakes, John. Yep, the grade one first lady, and, and I, like I said, I, and Sunday's card, I like some long shots, but in here, I'm going to go with the even money, Jonathan Shepard again. Um, there's there's plenty of speed in here with Hot Atlantic, um, the one horse, a coma, uh, uh, the tw- nine horse, Superior Storm, they've all got plenty of speed for it to run at. Um, Diamond Rella, Angel Penn, I talked to him a couple times before the Prescott Masters. And he was just checking to see if she liked the uh, the uh, synthetic surface. That's why he put her in the Prescott Masters. She doesn't like the synthetic surface. She, if it stays on the turf, I, you know, I've got to use her because you know she she won uh, like six or seven in a row, or six in a row uh, on the turf. And if it stays on the turf, I've got to use her with uh, Forever Together. But you know, if it if it comes off and is on the main track, I, I just throw her out and go ahead and use together for or Forever Together. Opting for Plan B if they do not see that it is safe. On to the eighth race at Keeneland, a mile and sixteenth. The Dixiana Breeders Futurity, five hundred thousand dollar up for grabs for two year olds. John, fourteen of them going a mile and a sixteenth. That ought to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, uh, this, this is one where I like a, a long shot. Noble's Prize, the six horse, uh, Kenny McPeak. Horse came up to Prescott, won by three and a quarter legs. It was a big field. There were a lot of good horses in there. Um, and if you look at this race, there are absolutely no horses uh, that that want to go to the lead with any speed. No shenanigans. This uh, uh, Todd Fletcher's horse that uh, you know she showed he showed speed uh, a little bit. Twenty four forty eight. You know, uh, I expect Noble's Prize to get out a lot quicker than that, and and I don't expect any of these other horses to run with them. And I I, I think that uh, Willie Martinez can nurse them on the lead. I'm going to use him in the uh, two horse. I'm going to box a two six exacto. Oh. Oh, here's another horse. Hasn't been two turns. But, uh, look at the last work at Keeneland. Was a really nice one. Twelve and four. Very nice. Yeah, a great, a great three in the Baxter Manor. Grade two at Saratoga and the Sanford. Uh, loves the Keeneland track. So I'll, you know, worked well over it. Is bred for the turf, which you know those turf horses usually do a lot better over the uh, synthetic. So I'm going to go. I'm going to box a two six. And hope to make some money. I'm going to use your two, and I'm going to throw in Dixie Band, three for three. Wayne Catalano, the king of Chicago, with David Flores in the yards. But I'm going to take your two and throw in mine and make it a three-horse bonanza there for us. 
And then in the ninth race, one mile, the Shadwell Turf Mile Stakes, grade one, $600,000. Wow. That's quite a pot. Uh, I'm going to have to go. This is a mile on the turf, and I'm thinking by the ninth race, they'll probably run on the turf. It should dry out by then. I'm going to go with a long shot in here, the three-horse Wise River. This horse, I think, uh, there's another race. There's not a lot of speed at all. I mean, if you look, he's pretty much the only horse that's ever been on the lead in his life. Um, and his deja vu a couple times back last year, but really slow fractions. I'm looking for Wise River to go out to the lead, just waltz around. Now, you got to throw just enough humor off those, uh, you know, six straight wins, but... Uh, He's Wise River with just enough humor, maybe make some exacta and uh, a couple maybe trifecta bets. I like just enough humor with uh, with your horse there, I, but just enough humor gets my top nod there. But as I said before, you, sir, are the handicapper that I'm following today. Johnny, that takes us on to Sunday, and we go to the eighth race of mile 16th. The Bourbon Stakes, a great three event. Yeah, I don't see any way they'll be interactive for uh, Todd Pletcher in here. Horses have come from behind horse. If you look in here, he's got another speed horse, uh, XI. The horse has shown plenty of speed. Um, and there's another horse in here, I think, that was previously trained by him, but now Mott's got him. It's got a lot of speed. I, you know, there's tons and tons of speed in here. I, I, I think it sets up perfectly for him. He's the only closer in the race. I think Pletcher's going to make sure that there's a fast, early pace for him. And, uh, I look for Interactive to do quite a bit on Sunday. I kind of like Interactive a whole lot, Johnny Boy. We're going to run that Fall Stars weekend with race number nine, a mile and an eighth. The Spinster, Judmont Spinster, that is $500,000. What a weekend in Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't think this, this, horse, this race isn't on the grass, and I don't see how they can beat uh, Swift Temper in here. The horse has got the buyers. You know, it looks like well, any, any t- kind of track you put the horse on, she runs well, she runs um, like a, like a really good horse should Dale Romans and Robbie Alvarado. Um, I don't I don't think they can possibly. I think they went a nineteen percent this year. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Swift Temper. I have no idea what the early morning uh, the morning line odds are or. Doesn't matter, else. does I'm it? I'm sure she'll probably be a favorite. <laughs> it doesn't matter because if it's not uh, not enough price, you're going to find something to string it in a gimmick that I can always bet on for sure. John, if I can ask one final question of you, you're a man of many hats, a man of the industry, and, and, and a good guy for racing. As I always say that when I mention good guys for racing, because I get to know so many wonderful people in the sport, John, where do you see racing heading in the next 10 years? You know, it's hard to say, Ed. With, uh, with the, I can tell you this. I, I think there'll be a tra- I think there'll be a poly track, a synthetic track taken out before they'll be, have another one put in. Um, and pretty much the only one that that hasn't had trouble with it is uh, uh, the the tapita surface of uh, Michael Dickinson. That that seems to be a good even track, no matter what. But all the other ones, you have problems with them. You know, the difference from the morning to the evening and that sort of thing. So I I can say with pretty much certainty that's going to happen. One will be taken out before another one's put in. Um, the other thing is I think they need to become entertainment centers. Um, you know, the, the slots have seemed to be a temporary thing. They, they work well at some places. Other places, they're really starting to fall apart. It was kind of like a fad. and I mean, it, it worked great for the, the first places that had the gambling in, but, you know, some of the later places, you know, Delaware, I don't think it's doing that great for them, and they're worried about it. Prairie Meadows is worried about it. Um, 
It never worked out well for Florida. I think they need to become entertainment centers. Um, you know, Rivers always, it's nice with Coney Island next door. Um, you know, it, to be an entertainment type place where a family can go spend the day and, you know, uh, you know, just getting, in today's times, getting a whole family to sit down for four hours to watch ten races is just, you know, they're used to too much uh, other stuff going on. They're going to have to have stuff in between races or have something else going on where the kids can run and play in the pool while dad's betting or or dad can watch the kids while mom's betting or one of those type of things. You know, I, I think you've hit it on right on the, the nail on the head there, entertainment destination. No longer is it, uh, like you said, about going with grandpa, and, and so did I with my dad and my grandpa. I think we all kind of uh, cut our teeth the same way there. It needs to be an entertainment destination. You know, we work at a track where we do some pretty unique uh, things, one of them being the wiener dog races. Actually, you have to give the people a little more than what once upon a time 20, 25 years ago was just taken for granted, build it, and they will come. Actually, you, you have to go out there on a limb, and you have to make it, as you said, an entertainment destination. And uh, I, find it, uh, I find it challenging, but I also find it to be, you know what, if that's what it takes to survive, I think that we need to give it, uh, give it to the people in any way, shape, or form that they want it. After all, they are the paying customer. You know, my, work, my, my job is to watch the horses, Ed, and yours is to get people in the door, so I'm going to let you work on that one. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes if I, if I can just change with you for a day, I, I, now I know why the door goes shut. It's John, not I'd like to thank you on behalf of Winning Ponies for taking your time, your insights, and, uh, and being our special guest this week. It, it has been a pleasure, and, uh, and I, we wish you the best in life, and I know I'm going to be seeing you in the winner's circle and, uh, and I definitely would like to say that I call you one of my very good friends. No doubt about it. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed every second of it. John, thanks so much. John P. McDillon, you can read him in the forum. You can see him at the Echo Base uh, booth. You can hear him occasionally on the microphone, and you'll definitely see him at the windows. Time to head out to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking a little bit of news and a whole lot of handicapping here on Winning Ponies. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like lowest prices in town, dealer approved, certified pre-owned. Nor will we brag about our huge selection, enormous variety. We will offer no contingencies like see store for details. Legal exclusions apply. Because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to FeedThePig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Hi, my name is Joanne, and I have mannequinism. Well, I did have it, but I'm not a mannequin anymore. Doctors said over 75% of my body turned into plastic. They said it's because I wasn't active in my community, because I didn't vote or volunteer or I don't know. All I wanted to do was cry, but I couldn't because I had plastic eyes. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 
to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with ed or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com now back to winning ponies with ed meyer and welcome back once again to winning ponies i'm ed meyer had a great show thus far and steve cohen with a great testimonial that is first-timers, like in Turfway Park, can't wait for Keeneland. And hopefully you caught John Patrick McDoolan, man of many hats. Very interesting and a good friend of mine. Thus far, very, very interesting. And you know what? It will not stop as we're going to take it right up to the end. But before we do that, we're going to talk about a little bit of news. And I'm going to kind of throw this out there. You know how we text and we come up with a uh, little, uh, you know, like uh, – LOL. I call this one WTF. It was in the Pollock Report. It was about David Williams. He's a Senate president of Kentucky. He's against gaming. They're calling him David Blackjack Williams. Reason being, this 800-pound gorilla in Frankfurt uses his influence and power as a Senate president to block the Herbert industry from allowing racetracks to install VLTs in Kentucky. David Williams is always at the casino. This is according to the Pollock Report and according to many others. The Senate President, David Blackjack Williams of Birchville, Kentucky, blocking it out. Can you believe it? Blocking it out. I can see you having an opinion, but blocking it out? Come on, Blackjack. Get it straight. Got a great story to talk about. My good friend Tom Lamara. Along the way, Keeneland got cool. One of the best stories I've actually heard in a while. He talks about being from the Northeast, spending time at betting factories, Atlantic City, Delaware, Monmouth, Keystone, being time on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, the Meadowlands, a.k.a. the Big Swamp when he moved to Kentucky. He talks about Keeneland. He said it was a nice place to go for the races, but nothing more. Once upon a time. He said it took time, but all that marketing, advertising, promotion, being closely tied with the community and accepting change has paid off. The crowds are large and diverse. College kids love it. And an afternoon of downing beer has something to do with that, according to Tom. Tom is a, is is quite quite a writer. And, and 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 I'll kind of kind of cut it back here a little bit. It says Keeneland isn't perfect, as evidenced by struggles in simulcasting with the ten other months of the year. Maybe one day we'll get a few Keeneland-branded sports bar race books in town. Much more can be done in this area. Today, I appreciate live racing in Keeneland much more than I did in 94. Live meets are something to look forward to, and if you're people watching, they're hardly boring. Giving the state of Kentucky racing, the 17 days of racing in October, even have more meaning. Title of the story along the way, Keeneland Got Cool. Our man Tom Lamar. I, I really, really like that one here. Got a little something here. I'm only going to give you the, the title of it, and I think it says it all. John Sheriff's, quote, running on synthetics is like running on Velcro. John Sheriff's, trainer of Zenyatta. 
doesn't like the synthetics. Hmm. Don't know what to say about all that. But you know what I have to say? You had an awful lot of money. Maybe you ought to reel that one back in. I've got a couple of notes here for you. I want you to get a pen out. If not, you can always pick it up on podcast. I picked this up in the Horse Player magazine. And you know what? I found it to be true, and I wanted to pass it on to you. Trainers to watch out for when they drop a horse in class. If you're playing New York, look for Gary Contessa, Richard Dutrow, Mark Hennig, Michael Hoshan, David Jacobson, Scott Lake, Bruce Levine, Richard Schossberg, George Weaver. Go to Kentucky. Take a look at Steve Asmussen, Cody Autry, Greg Foley, Paul McGee, David Paulus, Helen Pitts, Tom Proctor, Dale Romans, and Little Al Stahl and Dallas Stewart. Southern California have come up with Julio Canani, Mark Cassie, Peter Yurton, Jerry Hollendorfer, Brian Corner, Jeff Mullins, Doug O'Neill, Michael Pender, Eddie Truman, and Ted West. Look for these guys when they're dropping in class. You know, when I saw this, it jumped out at me. It bit me like a snake. Is like, I love it. I love it. i got to pass that on. And, in fact, I think I just did. Okay, time for some PowerPoint handicapping here, our final furlong handicapping. Let's start at the eighth race at Keeneland on Friday. That's tomorrow. First post time, 2.15. Let's start with the eighth race, the Grade 3 Phoenix, and I really like the seven in here. I know Captain Candyman's in there, but I agree with John McDowell. Fatal Bullet, a very speedy uh, four-year-old gelding by Red Bullet. Uh, Reed Baker, who does very well with Eureka Da Silva. They went 21% of the time together. The eighth race on Friday, I absolutely love Fatal Bullet. I don't think you're going to get shot on this one whatsoever. Ninth race at Keeneland, the mile and 16th, Al Sabatis, Darley Al Sabatis, $500,000 up for grabs. I like the three, Shebe Wild, Garrett Gomez, and the king of Chicago, Wayne Catalano, undefeated two-year-old filly here by Awfully Wild, uh, third start off a layoff, and Catalano wins 28% of the time. In the Al Sabatis, I love Shebe Wild, if you get three to one, bet early, and bet often. So that wraps up my couple that I'm going to play on Friday, and it takes me into Saturday. This is a huge, huge weekend of Kentucky racing. Actually, there's some great racing in California, and let's get started. Fifth race at Keeneland, the Great Three Woodford. Is John saying he thinks they're going to come off the turf? I think they're going to stay on, because these are graded races, and actually if you if you, in fact, do not run on the turf on a graded, you run the risk of possibly losing your grading. Now, can I be quoted on that for 1,000% sure? No. Can I be pretty much in the ballpark on that? Yes. The grade three Woodford, I love Fort Prado, coming off of a win, and I believe we called it right here on Winning Ponies at the Kentucky Cup Turf Dash down at Kentucky Downs. Third start off a layoff, Jesus Casanon for Chris Block from Chicago. Horse with a course, actually five for five at Keeneland, and i got to love that Fort Prado. Going to be giving them fits down the lane in the fifth, the Woodford Stakes. Race number six at Keeneland on Saturday, the Thurman Club of America Stakes here. And I know that is a mouthful there. And I absolutely love the eight here informed decision. I think John McDillan brought that up. Julian Lepreau and Jonathan Shepard. The uh, six at Keeneland, I like the informed decision. Race number seven, and we got a one mile on the turf. I think it's going to be very soft and or yielding. First Lady Stakes. They have some great drainage down there and uh, on, on their turf course, and actually uh, I, I think it, it's going to have a lot of give to it. But in this race here, I, I, like, the, uh, I like the seven here in the, excuse me, I, in the seventh race, 
I like the five. That is forever together. Julian Lapru and Jonathan Shepard, they team up once again. I think they definitely get the job done. In the seventh race, uh, forever together is going to be awfully tough to beat. I think there's going to be some give to the track, so you're going to want to plan ahead with that. Winning ponies can help you out with that, especially if the track condition changes. Eighth race at Keeneland, a mile and a 16th Dixiana Breeders Futurity, half a million dollar up for grabs. I go right to the rail, and that's Dixie Band, undefeated. Two-year-old gelding by Dixie Union. Wayne Catalano going to have himself a big old day here. And horses that have actually been running at Arlington Park have been doing very well everywhere. Eighth race at Dixiana Breeders Futurity. I go Dixie Band. Race number nine at Keeneland on Saturday. And I, I'll tell you what, Johnny McDillon brought up a couple runners here. I'm going to take a three-horse box, and you can use them in any order you like. I like Mr. Sidney. I like Battle of Hastings, who will be rolling, and I think my top pick will be just enough humor, but I'm going to just three-horse box him in the Shadwell Turf Mile. And then on Sunday at Keeneland, the action does not stop in Kentucky, a mile and a 16th, the grade three bourbon stakes. I have to say that I love number four, Interactive, Kent DeSormo and Todd Pletcher. Interactive just really looks good to me, and I think John McDillon pulled that one out already. Then the ninth race, the grade one spinster, and boy, I'm telling you what, Kentucky is just chock full of, of, of just great runners. The Fall Stars weekend is, is something to behold. This is actually the last time to actually see some of the big runners before Breeders' Cup. And many of them, they're going to be stamping their tickets for the Breeders' Cup in, the, in, in November out of Santa Anita. But I like Swift Temper. I'm going to agree with John on that one as well. I think he made a very good case for that. And, uh, as I said to you earlier, why go against a man that you call your guest handicapper of the week? I'm going to swing out to Santa Anita. I'm going to try to squeeze a couple in here. The sixth race at Santa Anita on Saturday, I go with the one times gone by Victor Espinosa and Dick Mandela teaming up four for five in the money and just looks better and better times gone by in the Oak Tree Mile Stakes. And then you're, you're not going to believe it. Who's back? In the eighth race, Lady Secret, a grade one, $300,000. Zenyatta for John Sheriffs. Right. Not going to get much of a price, but you're going to spread out in multi-race exotics. Well, time definitely flies when you're talking about thoroughbred racing. Winning Ponies would like to thank Mr. John McDoing as our special guest. Steve for calling in and letting us know about the first-timers and the success he's had. Best of luck to you, Steve, and continue it on and, and pick it up where you left off when Turfway closes and Keeneland opens tomorrow. And until next week, we'd like to wish you all of the best. May your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.